This podcast contains strong language, details of drug use, violence, recounting of traumatic events and themes which listeners may find upsetting. Hi, I'm Sam with Eternal Media and this is the Recovery Hub podcast. So today you'll be listening to conversations that I had with people from North Wales Recovery Community. In particular, Alex, Andy, Dewey and Lowry. I'd met half of them before on the recovery walk last year, but Lowry in particular was one that I'd never met before, so it was really interesting to hear her story. It was fascinating to hear how someone like Dewey, who was in recovery when I first met him, had a relapse over the Christmas period and then came back to recovery. So I found that really fascinating about how a relapse can affect someone's recovery and how they can kind of come back from that and like where it takes them and how they gain new perspective on recovery so I thought that was very fascinating and I think you'll find it fascinating too. It was brilliant walking through Comidwal and Paris Mountain and seeing the absolutely gorgeous scenery around and just speaking to everyone there seeing how that affected all of them and how they just really took the time to just like stop look around and just take in the beautiful scenery and how that can really have a positive outlook on their recoveries as well. So to start us off, we have Alex, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, who am I with right now? Hi, um, I'm Alex, so I work at Penryn House. So what are we doing today? So today is um, activity day, so on a Friday we try and get the guys out, reconnect with nature, just have a little bit of fun. Yep, so we are at Paris Mountain. What can you tell us about Paris Mountain? Um, it's an old copper mine and um, it's quite spectacular. Looks a little bit like we were on Mars, maybe. Yeah, some fantastic colours, isn't it? I, I imagine if it rains, everything just illuminates like glass. Apparently so. Apparently so. Uh, how do you find that taking people out to locations like this, how does that help them in their recovery? Um, I think in recovery, I can just speak for myself, but like... At the end of my recovery, I was totally isolated. So indoors, curtains shut, that kind of thing. Totally disconnected um, from myself, from from everything really. And I think when you go out in nature, especially where we live in North Wales, it's stunning. You can't help but like feel there's just something just beautiful and big and powerful out there. So it's just nice to be, to know part of that. And conversations slightly different on walks and stuff instead of meetings. It's lighter. Um, yeah. I don't know. So it's good. It's good all around mental health, for your physical well-being, everything. It's a bit more jovial, a bit not more serious. Um, how does it, um, how does it differ? The conversation on walks opposed to at Penryn House. I suppose at, at Penryn, you know, obviously we do a lot of groups and stuff like that, and then um, downtime. Is it? I don't know. It's just you're just out, aren't you? It's like you're probably with different groups of people than you'd normally be. So you can have the sort of same friends and stuff you might hang out with at Penryn that you'll just sit with and talk about what's on telly or something, I don't know. So when you're out, people tend to mix more. And you're talking about, you're having a new experience together, aren't you? So you're looking at nature, you're just looking around, aren't you? So yeah, that's it. Talk about what you're experiencing. Yeah, and it's a fantastic sight. I feel sorry for the podcast listeners, so I'm going to get to see this. <laughs> I'm really jealous. <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh, they can get themselves down there, can't they? So what brought you to Penryn House? So I first started coming to Penryn um, to facilitate a 12-step um, fellowship meeting. So I'm in recovery myself, so just over three years, after about 30 years of addiction. Um, yeah, so I used to do that, and then we went into lockdown, and um, yeah, I just rang them up and asked if there was any volunteer work or anything I could do, which they don't do. <laughs> so 
but then I started um, covering holiday shifts and stuff like that. So, and I work there full time now. Yeah. So you didn't initially come into Penryn as um, a service member. You, you came in looking to work there. Um, well, no, I, I was a, a member. Of, I'm, I am a member of a twelve-step fellowship. Um, yeah. So I guess in that way. Yeah. So I, I use the services in that way. I ha- didn't use. Um, I didn't use any of the groups and stuff like that, so I only got to know them working there. How does it feel to um, to run a group, like being um, in recovery and like telling other people who were like where you started off? Like, how does that make you feel? Like when you help them and you, you give them life advice or not advice? I don't know a better way to put it. But how does it feel helping them, knowing that you were in that situation? It's peer it's peer led, isn't it? So we're like, um, I don't know. I was so long in addiction and. I don't know, I just, I didn't know there was another way of life, if that makes sense. So obviously, um, I knew you could be free from substances. I knew that was a possibility. But I didn't realise that a lot of how I felt and um, a lot of the feelings I had about myself and the way that my mind worked, I didn't know that was all part of... I look at addiction as an illness. So um, I didn't realise a lot of it was like that. And and after working a 12-step programme, just the way everything changed for me, not only... You know, was I able to not use drugs and alcohol? But just by, just the way I felt has changed dramatically. And, um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to share that. It sounds really soppy, but I was in the wine trade as well before. So um, I used to run bars and restaurants and stuff. So definitely didn't want to go back to doing that. So I knew that I wanted to work in recovery somehow. It's just, I don't know, it's just rewarding. It helps my recovery as well, being around recovery. So... We say you only keep it by giving it away, and that's really true. Yeah, I've heard that before. Um, like, I, I, I don't come from a recovery background, so when I yeah. first heard that phrase, I was like, oh, that's an Ian Brown song. That, that's, <laughs> that's where he's got it from. But um, could you, like, explain that for me? Because I don't really understand, like, keep it by giving it away. I, I, I don't come from recovery, so I don't okay. understand that. Okay, I mean, when it, is, it is like your 12 steps, so it's kind of like um, continuously working your steps, but... What I suffer with <laughs> is... Um, a bit of a big question. <laughs> I know, how to keep it very given away. Well, I mean, on the most basic terms, it's, it's a constant reminder, isn't it, of where you came from and how you used to feel and stuff like that. Because obviously, in my... Um, I started drinking and using at a young age and I have had periods of kind of sobriety, even when horrific things have happened in addiction. Um, and then I've had periods of sobriety. My mind would tell me that I'm okay now. <laughs> And that this time it'll be different, do you know what I mean? I could have one drink or I could just have one bag of Coke or whatever it is. So my mind would tell me that. So I, I just kind of, um, I can't trust that thinking, if that kind of makes sense, that my mind would go back to that. So if you stay in recovery and have that constant reminder, um, but it's, it's more than that. It's, um, I guess, it's about getting out of, getting out of yourself as well. I was in such self, and by that, I wasn't, like, obsessed with thinking I was amazing or great or anything like that, but I've always had this underlying narrative in my head that's just told me I was no good, wasn't good enough, I wasn't pretty enough, thin enough, smart enough, clever enough, and I always had this, um, I don't know, in any situation, I'd be thinking about myself. So if I was in a room full of people, I'd be thinking, you know, thinking 
that they don't like me, what they were thinking of me, the way I spoke, the way I dressed, the way everything. I was just completely in self the whole time and negatively. And after doing working through the steps and stuff like that, obviously that obsession to drink and use was removed. But I still had, I still had a lot of those feelings. So working with other people and doing stuff for other people. If you're doing something for someone else, you can't think of yourself, can you? So that's kind of like the easiest way. And why would you not want to share? You know, why would you not want to? It it's, sounds cheesy, but it's like, it's like a miracle, really, that I don't drink and use because for the love of my family, my son, my health, my life, my career, my job, you know, I've lost, lost everything. Um, I couldn't stop drinking or using, and if you work in a 12-step program, I can. But why would you not want to tell other people and share that? You don't have to live in that pain, because it is misery in the end. It's just groundhog day of waking up full of remorse, just wishing you were dead, wishing you hadn't woken up, and then swearing off, and then ending up drinking again that day. It's just a vicious circle. I hated myself, hated my life and everything. And it's just not like that today. And so I know that you don't have to feel that way. And people in addiction, it's how we feel at the end of it. So, you know, why do you not want to tell people they don't have to be so miserable? Yeah, a bit cheesy. No, there's nothing wrong with cheesy. Like um, <laughs> things that it's like with cliche things, you know, they're cliche because, you know, they're, they're right. And so people say them a lot because it's the best way to say them. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're so right in saying all of that. It, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I think it must help for you recovery as well to make other people feel that way as well and inspire them to go and do on and do greater things as well. Yeah. You know, like well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we in, inspire them. You know, I'm still massively flawed as a human, but um, I accept myself today. I think that that's like the difference. Um, recovery only works if, if people do it, so people can only get themselves well. You know, for all the will in the world, um, we can't help people in that way. You know, we can just show them how we got well. That's it. That's all we have to offer our experience, really. Do you feel like you could have done all of this, like, in a day in addiction? In the end, I didn't really go out. Um, I didn't do anything. I hated myself so much. I couldn't bear to be around people, even though I was so desperately lonely. So, no, I didn't attend anything or do anything towards the end. Um, so, no. And I was physically quite unwell as well, so... I didn't have any energy, so I wouldn't have been able to, no. How does it make you feel to do this today, and looking back oh. on that? Do you, know, do you know what, I am, funnily enough, from being like um, a party girl living in London, I am happiest just outside, up a mountain with my dog. And we're just so blessed to live where we do in North Wales. Yeah, definitely never happier than when outside. Yeah, I think there's something about, um, I, I imagine like when you're in addiction, or you, it's like when you're thinking about just that constantly and like looking down, but now like you're outside, you can like look up and take him out of the beautiful scenery. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. And you know, it's just, I think it makes it very poignant just to think about life when you're walking around and reflect on it. I don't really know what I'm saying, to be honest. I'm kind of just on a tangent. <laughs> but um, you're leading this group today, aren't you? You've organized this, right? Yes. When you're taking other people out and you're giving them that kind of enjoyment as well, that must be really nice. I mean, I'm enjoying it myself, aren't I? So, um, yeah, you know, we're like a big family, really, at North Wales Recovery Community, so I think we all get a lot from being out, being out in nature. It's all about, like, um, in addiction, we're isolated, aren't we? we? We separate ourselves from the world, from ourselves. So it's about connection recovery, isn't it? So... 
someone has said to me that uh, like in Penryn like uh, everybody like is very open with themselves like if they've got something that's like if someone's annoying them they'll just like call it out right there and say like that's you annoying me stop that but like the, the conversation is very open H- how does that work like, does it take a while to get used to that I, was, um... I, d- I didn't for me, no, because I guess my introduction to recovery, I mean, I went down the normal routes, like going to your doctor, counselling and all of that. Nothing like that worked for me. Um, so, obviously, I found mine through 12-step, and that is the first thing you do is sit in a group and share. So, I think we're all used to talking about <laughs> talking about our feelings and stuff. And what keeps us from, from getting well is secrecies and lies in it and that's what you do in the end um, you hide away um, yeah can't be honest with ourselves so I think it's a, it's a big part to that as well yeah I think it's a like a barrier that because I, I can't imagine being that open not that I'm a lying and vindictive person <laughs> I'm not saying that yeah. but just being that like outright open with uh, people just like all the time it's, it's not like it's not the norm to do so I, like me thinking about that this I mean, isn't even a question. This is just I'm often yeah, saying yeah. it. I can't I mean, imagine living like I that. I mean, I still am at work. Yeah. So Do you find I'm, it hard to like I'm, I'm not completely... There's a, um, there's a way that I share. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not there for therapy. <laughs> so it's not... It's guarded, but... I only share stuff that would potentially be beneficial. Not to make myself feel better or to unburden. So it's like... For me, it's slightly, slightly different... Do you find it hard to switch between the two? Because I, I don't think I'd be able to turn that off. I think I'd be at work and someone did it and I'd be like, oh, you, you're a dickhead. No, I don't no, find that hard. No, no fair enough. <laughs> no, oh. but I wouldn't anyway. Is, uh, are there any final things that you'd like to say that you wish you... Or just something that you want to just get out there? Yeah, no, well, like I said, so, there's no, nothing oh, cheesy. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, recovery is possible for absolutely everyone. And... Um, just anyone whose life is hell, you know, if you're living in that, there is, um, yeah, reco- recovery is possible for everyone. So, give it a go. Don't know, that's really crap. <laughs> well, actually, wait, there was a question I wanted to ask. Um, Come on. When was this, I know this is a bit of a big question, but it's uh, when was the moment that you realised that you needed to, like, fully seek out help? Gosh. I know um, that's a very big question. I should have asked no, that before the end one. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Oh, a good 10 years ago, um, a good 10 years ago, I've always, I've always had, um, I've never had any control over, like, substances, so, you know, from a young age, I always felt that, you know, like, that separation, not everybody does, it's an addiction, but, um, I've always had that internal narrative in my head, telling me that I was no good, so... You know, it started out like with an eating disorder and stuff when I was younger. Um, but as soon as I put a substance in me, it's like it quietened down my head. And it was just like that. Ah. It just it made me feel OK. It, made, it sort of levelled me out. Um, and it served me for a long time. You know, it worked. I felt confident. I felt happy. Um, but, you know, it's progressive, isn't it? It stopped working. <laughs> and um, so probably when, about 10 years ago, I was living in London. So... I realised that my life was kind of a little bit out of control. So I moved up north and I just kept moving and reinventing myself, thinking I was lonely, I was depressed. 
anything but anything but the drink because um, it worked for me for so long. Do you know what I mean? It was my career and everything. Such a massive part of my life. And then um, I was physically addicted um, when I was living in Nottingham. It, it was pretty pretty grim. Um, so I thought if I moved to North Wales, I've always come to North Wales. My auntie lives here. So whenever things went bad in my life, even um, from being a young girl, like, yeah, whenever things went really wrong, I'd come here for holiday, spend some time with my cousins, be in nature, be in the mountains, and I'd feel all right. So I thought that was the solution <laughs> to my problems to move here and sort of start again. Um, but it didn't, you know, the thing is, you're still taking yourself with you, aren't you? Everywhere you go. Um, yeah, so when I couldn't get clean here, I, I was, I think I was just ready to die. I didn't think that I could not drink. I didn't think it was possible because every will, every part of my body, I didn't want to. There was no pleasure at all, you know. Um, yeah, it was just really, really dark. So I don't think I'd have found recovery if it wasn't um, a friend of mine in London found the room, she found 12 Step Fellowship. So we used to be called Patsy and Eddie when we lived in London. So I was quite proud of that title. Not now. When I look at them, I'm like, oh, God. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, rang, I rang her up because whenever it went, went really wrong, you know, I'd ring her and she'd be like, ah, oh, you know, fuck them, do you know what I mean, sort of thing. But she was like a, nearly a year sober and she was told me that she was happy for the first time in her life. And even then I was like, you're not bored. You know, what's it like? Even though I hadn't left my house really in three years, you know. I was isolated, drinking out of a mug, hiding drinks in my house, even though I lived on my own, well, with my son and our dog. Um, yeah, so that's when I went to my first 12-step meeting. And my life has just changed since then completely. So I knew along. So the last 10 years were probably pretty miserable. Um, but I didn't know how to get help. I didn't know what was wrong with me. You go to the doctors, don't you? Um, everyone thinks you've got a choice. I think you have a choice in addiction, whether to drink or use, and it's a matter of willpower. And um, I can tell you that it's, it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. So I did not know that this life was possible. I didn't know I could feel differently. I just had no idea um, until someone I knew came into recovery. So, yeah. Well, that's really powerful. I, I liked um, I liked how you still went out and walked when you were like in addiction. You know, doing all of this must be nice to like kind of like the first like seeds of like your recovery. It's just it's a nice. It's a nice juxtaposition between the two. I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Th thanks, Alex. Okay. That was um, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, it's 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 nice to know your story. I like to I like to learn everybody's stories. It's it's so weird as well. Like um, from the last time that I came here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not last Friday, but in the walk, there were so many people that are, like I didn't know them, but like I did know them. But yeah, now they yeah. all seem to have gone. Yeah, there seems to be only like four people left here. I know there's like there's you, there's Stan and Tony and yeah. Gav. Um, oh, I'm Mark Five. Yeah. I, like, I mean, so everybody gone? where's everyone gone? Um, the recovery rate's not not high in addiction. It's oh. not. Recovery only happens for people. You know, people say it's um, not for people who need it. It's for those who want it. That's not even true. It's for those who do it. It's for those who do it that it works for. Um, so unless you take advice and follow direction. Um, you're not going to get well, and you're not going to stay well. Um, 
yeah so unfortunately some of them have gone and then fortunately others have, have gone on and they're um yeah they're living in their own places you know they're working full-time and stuff like that still actively involved in recovery still come back do groups work with others and stuff like that so those are the people that really stay well the people that continue giving it away so oh, that's fantastic i like that i like, I like to hear that yeah. uh, is it easy to move out of penryn i like uh, is it hard to, what's it like to like kind of reassimilate back into i say normal life everyone's crazy but um <laughs> yeah what is it what's the what's it like do you know what i, I mean i think the Everyone's in a really, really good position. Obviously, it was kind of weird with lockdown and stuff like that, and now now we're coming out of it. I guess the idea is, at, at Penryn, you know, um, people can kind of stay as long as, as long as they want, as long as they're actively moving forward with recovery and stuff like that. So I guess the idea is, once you, once you feel recovered from the substance, is that you start looking at what you want to do with your life and we're there to support that look at training opportunities work opportunities and stuff like that so it can be a really gradual process and we're open aren't we to anyone in the community so as well as recovery we've got stuff like this going on you know people can come over for food and that so that that integration back into normal life and living can be quite easy so yeah oh, that's, nice. that's good to hear um Right. right, if you've got any actual final messages, I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> I, I can't think of any. You can't think of any? Okay. No, just thank you. <sighs> Are you finding it? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, I've uh, been doing a lot of different things. Uh, just looking forward to what's ahead now. What is ahead? Uh, I don't know. Just, you know, uh, I wake up clean and sober every day. I'm, you know, out of breath right now because I'm walking. Where are we walking right now, Andy? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> What's it like around here? Uh, it's nice, it's snowing. Uh, you know, wake up at six o'clock every morning. It's great to be alive. Uh, couldn't be any more grateful, to be honest. It's been a while since I've seen you last. We've uh, we met on the recovery walk in uh, summer. What um what kind of things have you been up to? Uh, um, I've been facilitating groups. I'm a uh, secretary chair of uh, Cocaine Anonymous. I've moved moved into the next step property on the Penryn House building itself. Twenty month, one month clean is over tomorrow. Actually, I think is it the second tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, congratulations, Andy. Thank you. How is it? Um, how does that feel for you? That you've come all this way and you've reached this amount of time being sober now you know you're running groups and you know you seem to have grown and achieved a lot in that amount of time and how does that feel i feel freedom uh you know i haven't got anything to worry about anymore uh, i'm not panicking sitting in my room in situations where you know isolated on my own for years you know i can get out enjoy life and yeah it's good and, um, what about when you run these uh, groups of yours? How do you find giving guidance to people who were in a similar sort of situation that you were since um, that you like that you were when you started at Penryn? When I first came into Penryn, I had no idea be doing facilitating and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but I find it helps me when I'm you know facilitating the groups and that people really enjoy it. It's what what I can see like so. And it's helping other, other people in their recovery, 
which is what I'm doing now is giving back because I've got I feel like I've got my recovery but I'm still you know giving recovery every day I'm still still in recovery for the rest of my life but I'm giving back now and that's what it's about for me is, is, there, is there anything that you wish you would have known um, when starting recovery that you could tell other people now? It really is, you know, more, more of a life. Just do it. Just do it? Yeah. Just go for it. Just do it and stay with support at, at Connections and that. How does it feel about thinking about moving on from Penryn? Or like, have you got any plans afterwards? Is there anything that you'd particularly looking forward to? Uh, to be fearful moving out on your own, but uh, you've got to do it at some point. Uh, you've just got to go out of your comfort zone and just keep moving forward. How does it work when you move out of Penryn? Uh, what kind of steps do you have to take to get uh, I moved into a uh, moving on property, which, you know, they give me that because I've worked so hard on my recovery. Yeah, should we, uh, should we keep walking? Yeah. Okay. Again, if you want to stop any time, you know, we'll stop and catch our breath. I think it's because I ran up that hill, I literally ran up it. <laughs> Thought I'll give it a go and then I'm out of breath. I feel like you enjoy being outdoors a lot more. Yeah, I find that uh, the more that I'm getting out and doing stuff, you know, like exercise, uh, going to the, well, sort of going to the gym because I've got uh, health issues with my toes at the moment. But the more I get out, walk about, you know, see the countryside, the life that I never thought I'd, you know, see because I was always in drug addiction. Uh, so I never came out of my room. Whereas now I'm out at most days and going on a mountaineering course on Wednesday, you know, so I can take other people out and help them in their recovery and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really good. That's great. So you, um, you feel like being out in the country makes you free? Put it this way, this, this morning, when I first woke up, my head wasn't feeling too great. Now I'm out it, uh, round by the mountains and stuff like that. I feel free, I feel much better, out of my own head. Put this on hold for a bit and we'll catch up to the rest of the group. Yeah, I've been properly out of my breath before. Yeah, I, get, I literally, like, except for, I can't walk and talk, it's just, just can't do it. Maybe in the future I hope to go back to uh, Flincher and maybe set something up because this is why I'm up at Penryn and up the coast because I didn't know of recovery until the council referred me to the coast. Um, so I maybe one day I'll go back and set something up similar. Start your own kind of Penryn house. Yeah, well, like that or something in recovery because that's what uh, needs more of in Flinching. Needs a lot more recovery. They've got kites, but they haven't got anything, you know, like uh, programs or you know things like moving on in my recovery, which I'm open to, uh, which I'm going actually going to be doing the facilitators course for that. What does that entail? But moving on in my recovery, yeah. uh, basically low moods, um, depression, anxiety all different kinds of tools to help you with your everyday living, how to cope when you're at that low mood. There's all different types of, there's about 12 sessions on it, but they're all, all varied and different. Do you feel like you're getting a lot out of it? Yeah, it's, I, th I found that moving on in my recovery was uh, the ground, ground tools to my uh, recovery. And the bedrock? It's called, um, oh, what was it? Anchor points. That's the one. Was your anchor point for you? Yeah. Oh, is that like the terminology? Anchor points is what helped me. 
because I've, been, I've done it that many times now, it's natural. Because mm. uh, I'm using it out in the re reality of the world now, where I didn't have them tools before. The main thing that saved me was Cocaine Anonymous, which I chair a meeting for that now. How, how does it make you feel that you're, um, like you're on like these uh, points of like, uh, you know, it's like trust and like, you know, like you're on like a board now, like you're like a chairperson. From going into like Penryn, still in recovery, to now like saying, this is how we should do things. Yeah. And people be like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll listen and we'll make it happen. Like, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel good because I'm helping others because I've been there. So, you know, a lot of similarities. Uh, everyone understands each other from recovery and people that come in me for the door, I'm always there. I'm, I'm first to offer them a tea, coffee, because I find that when you first come in, it could be a bit, you know, a bit anxiety because you don't know people and that, but offering that person a coffee makes a hell of a difference to people's recoveries because it brings people in. But the main thing is I'm helping other people. People, people do enjoy it because I've had reactions, I've had lots of compliments. So yeah, I just really enjoy giving back and people enjoy it and that's the feedback I get. This has given me the ground base to my recovery and I don't even think about drugs or alcohol or anything like that anymore, so it's just completely gone out of my mind. Yeah, I wake up and I don't think about it anymore. Um, you know, I, the only time I look back now is, is to see how far I've come. Um, and that's the experience I'll share with other people, experience, strength and hope. So. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add for a credit there? I just want to say to the people out there, if I can do it, you know, anyone can do it, then that's it. Just got to do it, want to do it. Words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed the walk today? Yeah, I needed to get, I woke up this morning, I wasn't feeling great in myself, but now I feel fantastic. Goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, 21 months to my recovery. You know, I've never been, been that clean or something that long in my life, so. Oh, it's great, and every single day, you know, you're making a whole a new record. Every day is a new day, you know. Every day is a new day to change your opportunities and chase them. That's the way I look at it. You just keep, gotta, just gotta keep chasing and chasing. And hope and touch, you know. It'll get given to you. So I've seen things being given to people, and I believe that I keep doing what I'm doing, you know, I'll get what I want. I've also learned with recovery, it's not about what you can get, it's about what you can give. So I, f I tend to find that all these, mo I, I listen to a lot of uh, motivational vi uh, videos as well, and they say, uh, you know, what you give out is, you know, you'll get back in the future, and you know, who knows what, what could happen. But, um, my main aim is to do what I've, what I've been saying, is to uh, maybe set something up in Valencia in the future. Do they say keep what, keep what you got by giving it all away? Yeah. Is that the that's, thing? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an Ian Brown song, and I didn't realise that it was a recovery thing until someone, uh, I think in Penryn said it, I was like, oh, oh, oh I, I recognise that. I was like, oh, so that's where he's got it from. I was like, oh, I've got that. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, the last 20 months just gone like that. You know, click, like, totally, totally. You don't realise how much it can change your life in such a short space of time. I mean, the fear at first is like, you know, what, what does, has, what's life 
Anyway, you know. And then, uh, yeah, it's amazing things I can see today that I never used to be able to see. So, yeah, unbelievable. Just like that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, who am I here with right now? Lowry. Um, I'm an addict. Um, five months sober. Congratulations. How long have you been in Penryn for? Um, I moved in on October the 8th, um, 2021. Um, so I'm coming up to six months. Coming up to six months on the 8th of April. However, how have you found it there? Life changing. I was, I was one of those people who, um, I was that deep in addiction. Uh, I didn't care if I lived or died towards the end. It, 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 it was um, so when I had the call to, um, when I had the call to come to Penryn, I felt as if there was an end in sight. How, um, how did Penryn help you? They made me realise that, um, you know, you can you can have a life beyond addiction. You know, they, they get you in therapy, they, they, they provide activities that are, are therapeutic. They are, um, we have 12 step meetings, we have, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy meetings, we have, it, it's just a real sense of community and like, you're not judged. You are not judged for what you've done or who you are. You are only judged on your desire to get well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. What was the turning point where you decided, like, you know, I need help, um, I need, to, need to change my life? To be honest, I was very deep in addiction for several years. Um, I would go on binges. Um, I had a large group of friends back in my hometown, um, and all we did was go out drinking. Uh, and these were friends from school as well. All we did was go out drinking, but I noticed that I was um, I was drinking a bit more heavily than the others. Um, and when I drank and when I got to that point, I was a bit more um, aggressive. Uh, I was a bit more just sort of not in control as everyone else was. Other people, my friends could have a couple of pints. They could have a lot of pints and get drunk and they can go home and leave it. I would drink before I went out, I would drink during the night out and I would go home and I would drink more and more and more. And eventually it developed into seizures, very, very bad seizures. And uh, I could never remember what happened. Um, my friends would have to tell me what happened because they were quite violent seizures. Um, so anyway, um, April 5th last year, coincidentally, which will be my six month sobriety date, um, yeah, this year. So April 5th last year, I um, had a very bad argument with uh, somebody uh, down the crate of beer, um, rang a taxi uh, and I went to a pub, but this pub was beside a bridge. Um, so I planned to jump off the bridge, um, but I didn't want anyone to know. So I rang the taxi to go to the pub by the bridge and I got there and I just broke down and the taxi driver said, listen, you're not, you're not going to the pub, are you? I said, no. So they took me to, the taxi driver took me home and I, I was hysterical. I was hysterical when I got home. My mum didn't even know I'd gone. My mum didn't even know I'd left the house. And then about five, ten minutes later, a cop car turned up to take me to the hospital. So I'm in the hospital at this point, and I just drop and I have a seizure. And um, I was drifting in and out of consciousness, and um, I could hear one of the nurses saying, she's going to go, she's not going to make it. And um, I was in recess for the entire night, my heart stopped, I, I had to be resuscitated. 
And then I was in detox for five days. I had to be medically detoxed. And I got out. I got out the day Prince Philip died, actually. I got out the day Prince Philip died, so, yeah. But that still wasn't enough. I still kept drinking. And then about a month or two later, I got arrested, homeless. I was in a hostel with murderers and all that. And then September rolls round and I just got into a relationship and we would go out all the time. But the thing is, when we would feed each other's habit, when I had money, I took them out. When they had money, they took me out. And we were just feeding each other's addiction. So anyway, I was in, I, I had a full-time job on top of all of this as well. Um, so anyway, one night, one night I'm out in the club, I've got work eight o'clock in the morning and I'm still out on the piss in the in the club about two, three in the morning and I miss work the next day and I just remember, I remember waking up with a hangover, sitting in my bed, cross-legged, thinking there's just, there's no point to my life. This is my life for the rest of my life. And... I have nothing, I have nothing. And then I get a phone call. Whilst I'm in the midst of this this pit of despair, I get a phone call. It's the housing manager from Penryn. Um, we had your referral through a few months ago. We've got a room for you, do you want it? And I said, yes, I took it with both hands. And then the rest is history. I've been here ever since and I've never looked back. It's, it's changed my life, it's changed my life. Oh my god, wow, thanks for sharing that. You're very, very like, welcome. Wow, that's um that's such a massive coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's like something that you can't even write or like yeah. make up. Yeah. Wow. God, you were so enthusiastic about it. Oh god, yeah. I I I I went downstairs and I said, Mum, I've got a place in the rehab and she was like, make sure this is what you want to do. And I said, What are you talking about? Of course, of course this is what I wanna do. <laughs> of course this is what I wanna do. You know, and I've never looked back. I've never looked back. I've never looked back. There are things now. I didn't see a future for myself. I was quite. It's sad to say. I I was quite happy to drink myself to death. I had nothing and no one. And and yeah. I, now here I am, and I get to experience life, and I get to be me again. Do you know what I mean? Because the drink, the drink took so many things away from me. It took my friends, my family, my job, my my soul, really. And. Now I've got it back. I'm getting all these things back. How does the future look now? Oh God, like the world is my oyster, do you know what I mean? I want to do things, I'm getting into things. I'm getting into things I never thought I would. I'm experiencing things I never thought I would. I can see a future for myself that is... If I carry on the way I'm going now, if I work my programme, I can do anything, be anything. And I know that sounds cheesy, but honestly, like I never, ever, ever imagined I could live this life. It's the cheesy things that are true, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're cheesy because they are just so true. Yeah. Um, you said that you, you mentioned that you had seizures. Yeah. Um, have you had like tests for epilepsy? No, no. Um, I've 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 never been epileptic in my life. It was just it was literally a fact of I drank that bad, I caned it for that long, that hard. I've I've often wondered as well um, because I have epilepsy. I've um, I like to drink a lot as well, and um, I've often wondered if the amount that I drank before I had the seizure kind of um, created that, if that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's difficult to say. From, it, it from, is difficult to say. From my experience, since I've stopped drinking, I haven't had one seizure. Mm. I haven't had one seizure. And every, these seizures would occur every time I drank. Every single time I drank. But the thing is, I wouldn't just have... 
wouldn't just have a few. I'd have about 15 beers and some shots on top of that and then whatever else, whatever. There was a point, there was a point, I think a low point, a particularly low point in my addiction was where I was, um, I was that desperate for a drink. I was uh, scavenging through recycling bins looking for cans and bottles just to see if they had little, little dregs inside. That's how desperate I was. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's how that's how far gone I was, um, and and it's 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 terrible. But Penryn, God, I cannot praise it enough. I cannot praise it enough. No words, no words do Penryn justice. They have changed my life around. I was a broken soul. I was a broken woman, and now I, now I am Lowry again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Wait, well, um. We're getting up and moving. Yep, yep. I was quite glad because the wind's coming this way and I can't move around anymore. But um, it's uh, it's not been too long since I've been at Penryn. Yeah. Um, not as a resident, as yeah. like last time. I came on the recovery walk in yeah. in last summer, and literally since then, I feel like everyone here is absolutely new. So yeah. you've not really been there for um, a long time, and to see the change that you've come from now, it's um, it's absolutely astonishing. You, yeah. you must feel like so. <laughs> It's electric. I can't even... I think back to the things I did in addiction and I can't believe... It feels like a different person. It feels like... Um, I went home. I went back home to visit my uh, my family and my brother said... You know, we had a we had a very candid talk about how how I was in addiction. You know, how my behaviour affected the family. And, and his words were, it was like a demon had entered our home. I was I was an absolute nightmare. I was very, very nasty, very manipulative. I would do anything to get a drink, and I didn't care who I stepped on. As long as I had a drink, I was okay. I would lie. I would steal. Um, I stole three hundred pound off my ex-partner. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's probably going to have to. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. But um, that's probably going to have to come out in the uh, step nine amends. I think. How do you feel about? Um the activity days, what do they give you? Activity days are nice, it's a good bonding experience, it's getting out and about, it's a different change of scenery, but it's also, you get, it, it, it's not just residents, it's members of the community as well, so you get to have that one-on-one time in a way, some good quality one-on-one time, but there's also shared memories, shared experiences, you know, we can talk about the time that, oh, we went here or we went there. And it's just um, getting out in nature is very. There's a lot to be said for getting out in nature and experiencing like crisp, clean air and just being around, just learning that you can actually enjoy life without a drink or a drug, to be fair. You know? Yeah, you mentioned earlier that um, Penman's given you a lot of things that you enjoy doing now. I'm going to guess that going out into nature is one of them. Yeah. What um, were what some of the other activities that uh, Penman do that you've become a fan of? Um, there's yoga. We do yoga. Uh, we have a gym as well. We have like a um, a gym facility downstairs, so I can work out. Because to be honest, in addiction, I think we all just let ourselves go. I know I did. And Penryn is quite um, it's quite uh, secluded, and uh, which I think is what I need definitely. I'm someone who I'm someone who very much likes their own company, but I also like to be. I like to be around people as well. I like being on my own, but I don't want to be alone. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I've learned... I've also picked up the guitar during my time in Penryn as well. So I'm learning to play guitar, which is very therapeutic. Any good at it? I'm alright. I'm not horrible. I'm not like Jimi Hendrix or anything, but... 
uh, you know, still learning, still picking it up. And um, I do a lot of creative writing as well, which is something that I, um, just something that I like sort of lost the passion to do in addiction. So I've picked up my creative writing again. What kind of things have you written? Um, just for, like things like, you know, like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, just that kind of, that kind of genre. I'm working on a novel at the minute, actually. Um, Is Lowry going to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien? I hope so. Or George R. R. Martin? I Are you going to have so. an R.R.? I am going to have an R.R. even though I don't have... Even though there's no, there's like one R in my name, but I'm going to do something. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh, there's no one R. Don't be, double it, come on. Yeah. Every yeah. good author needs an R. Yeah, that's true. But that is the dream, though, to make, to be an author. That is like the dream. That is the dream. Is there anything that you wish you would have said to maybe your younger self? Or anything that you can actually say to, um, because this podcast is going to be listened to by um, people like who are, you know, similar as yourself. You know, maybe they can get things from it. Yeah. And is there anything that maybe you'd like to put out there that people might find useful? Um, just to say that, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, do you know what I mean? And people people used to say that to me, and I didn't believe it. I thought, there's no way there's no way I'm going to get out of this, but I'm... I say this honestly and earnestly, there is a life beyond addiction. I know that, I'm proof of that. I didn't even think, um, coming into recovery, I didn't even think I'd get a week, a week sober. But here I am coming up to six months, like it works, it's tangible. It's recovery is real and it can happen to anybody. Anyone can get recovery if they really want it. And to my maybe maybe to my younger self I would be I would say it, it's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. And uh, fortunately, um, relapse is not a part of my story and God willing it won't be. Um, but as long as in the event that that does happen, it's okay as long as you pick yourself up and 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 realise. Not not to say that relapse is okay, but should should that happen, it's not it's not the be all end all. You can pick yourself back up. Recovery is not a linear process. You can. It is tailored to. It's what works for you. You know, recovery is not. Um, it's not a blanket solution. It's 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 a program of spirituality. It's not religious. For anyone thinking it's like culty or gaudy, it's not that at all. I have my reservations about that. It's not. Um, and yeah, just honestly, life. I live a life now I could have never imagined, and that is thanks to recovery. So anyone can do it. Anyone can come back. Anyone can be whoever they want to be. Recovery works, and I'm proof of that. Oh, great. <laughs> it's very inspiring stuff. Oh, thank you. Do you, um, do you have anything else that you want to add onto that to the end um, before we stop this? Namaste. Fucking. Yeah. Oh, fuck. What's that thing from Star Trek? Like, um, go forth and be prosperous. Oh, God, I don't know. Um, <laughs> go forth and prosper, anyway. Yeah, no, live long and prosper. Live long and live prosper. Live long and prosper. That's the one. Live long and prosper. Words to live by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The motto. So, who am I here with today? You're here with Dewey from Penryn House. Okay, Dewey, no, I know it's been a little bit of time since we last caught up, but um, I think we met in summer, and it's now March. <laughs> how, um, how, have you, what have, how have you been? I've been not bad, to be honest with you. I was on a bit of a high uh, during last summer. The recovery was going really, really well. 
And unfortunately, uh, over the Christmas period, I uh, kind of took my foot off the pedal. And, uh, I picked up a drink again. And just from that one decision, it lasted two months. So um, it just goes to show, really, that it's something that needs constant work and attention, really, if you are to maintain sobriety. Within that two months, I, I was arrested. I basically spent all my money and was just back to square one, really. And um, I finally managed to pick myself up again. And, um, you know, people always say that, like, you can always learn something from a relapse. And that's certainly my case. It kind of feels like I bounced back really, really strong this time. Um, and it's all really to do with the fact that I've just stayed connected with people in recovery especially with to do with the fellowships of AA and, and CA as well. They've been amazing because those people, they never really turn their back on you. Um, so I've come round. I'm nearly, I'm, well, five months so clean and sober now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, nice. and I've, I, to be honest, I've never felt better. Oh. I really haven't. No, it's, 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 it's been a roller coaster, but sometimes these things come. Sometimes they come to test you, but no, things are going really, really well at the moment. I've had to make a couple of sacrifices on the way as well because what's important to me is because I have to kill off my old life in order for me to gain a new one. So I've had to kind of cut off a couple of ties with people, old associates, um, uh, an ex-partner of mine as well. The relationship wasn't really um, beneficial to my recovery, so I had to make a difficult decision with respect to that. And um, the second I did that, I felt like there was a massive weight off my shoulder. I just felt like, wow, okay, now I can really give this thing my all. And so far, so good. That's great. That sounds um, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> You've opened I've, a can of worms. No, now. no, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really um, that knowledgeable when it comes to like you know rehabs and how they work, okay. and, you know, yeah. like recovery houses and all that. So I'm yeah. a bit of a, I'm a bit of a virgin, you know. I, I, yeah. I don't really know. But um, how does it work getting back in you well, know, once from you've my relapsed? It's, it's quite easy to, to to forget that a lot of people don't quite understand addiction as well, and that was kind of. The problem I had with my ex-girlfriend is it's very difficult to explain to someone that hasn't been there the exact the kind of grip it has on you and uh, the kind of processes that go on in your mind that lead you to pick up a drink regardless of all the information you know about yourself that when you do pick up a drink it all goes to shit. So the only the only way the only um, it's like. It will just try and trick you, and the process of getting back into it is fairly simple. You just have to ask for help, and the help is given to you. It's whether or not you use the help is uh, the other thing. So you really have to want it for it to work. When you're when you're literally at rock bottom and everything's just gone to shit again, uh, there's this feeling where you just you're determined to stop. Now the problem is with with my situation was I had to be detoxed off alcohol because I couldn't get through the withdrawal safely um, so I, I had to be admitted to hospital when I was detoxed safely um, and was discharged I just jumped straight into it I was doing meetings every day I was getting connected with people uh, in recovery and just basically sharing my experience of what happened to me and in a sense it kind of reminds people that are still sober why they don't drink it, for my story of relapse can help other people so it's important that I do share it and kind of like gain strength from that so then, when I'm at the point where I'm, you know, a couple of months sober and I see someone come in that was in the same situation as I am, I can then help them um, to give them hope that they can get better because I've been in that situation myself, you know. 
Well, like Marcus said earlier, um, like the Recovery Hub podcast that we've set up is um, programmed to, you know, give people like, you know, like um, tips and tricks and, you know, like just see someone else's story and listen to it and maybe take things from that. So um, is there anything that you'd like to say to maybe like your former self or someone else in the situation that you were that you think might be able to help them? The, the most important thing is I can say is that it doesn't have to be like that anymore. Like the, there is a way out of it. There always is. Um, it's just to open your ears up and to and to listen to people's stories and to really believe that it is possible to get better and take any help that you can and really throw yourself into it and um, one day at a time things will slowly get better and you'll be able you before you even notice you you'll be able to look back at your own self and and feel and feel proud of yourself that you've that you've managed to get out of it so just keep sticking at it because one day at a time we do it. How did you come to Penryn House? So I came to Penryn House. I didn't really think about this because I was um, I was in a hopeless state. Really, I was uh, I was drinking alcohol twenty four seven, and uh, was really in a miserable place. And I was admitted into a detox through SMS service in Wrexham. And then off the back of that, I knew about Penryn House, so I put myself down on the on the list to go in there. And coming up to I needed to be two weeks sober before I could uh, get in there and I unfortunately relapsed during this point and was admitted straight back into hospital after a binge and they decided to take me straight in from the hospital because I um, they thought they needed to get me quick in there before it happened again which is unfortunately the case a lot of the time when people are kind of by themselves and they've just come out of hospital it can easy to slip back and remember it's just one I'm just one drink away from disaster and it's 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 staying away from that first drink is the most important thing for me. Yeah, um, are you still in Penryn now, or have you, have you found somewhere else to so, live? I'm not sure how it works. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of new faces here that I've not seen today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It feels like you're like one of the three that's still here that I knew from the summer. Well, and that, that's so technically, it. I I consider myself still. I am definitely still part of Penryn. I just don't live there. That's the only difference. I I wake up. I do a meeting in the morning and I go straight there and I spend all of my time there because that's the place I need to be right now. I need to surround myself with people in recovery um, as much as I possibly can because I have I have a mind that tends to drift away from that and sometimes I can think I don't need it and that's those are the dangerous times for me. So by surrounding myself with the community, I um, it takes that pressure off and I can just feel that I, I'm somewhere with people that are like-minded than me, that completely understand my situation and that can help me. Um, because I can't do it by myself, you know. I, I, I can, it's, but it's only me that can do it. So, uh, yeah, we we all need help um, to maintain recovery, definitely. I suppose it's that um, that circle of people, you know, everyone just like kind of working together, yeah. being like, you know, we're we're all in this together, we're all working together. Yeah. Maybe that makes everything just like so much easier, nicer, knowing that there's other people that you live with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I found about. Um, being a part of a recovery community is just, it's really easy to get your feelings and emotions out on the table and we kind of check up on each other every time because we know um, things like low mood and depression or anxiety they can be massive triggers for uh, for use and, and, and drinking so we have this kind of um, very open relationship with with one another there which I haven't really found in any other friend circle anywhere because a lot of my older friends we used to just keep everything to ourselves in it and you, you just feel like you bottle things up. But we're in Penryn, it's it's very easy and it's a comfortable, safe environment to just to let things go. 
and we, we have a laugh and a joke about it as well. We kind of pick up on each other's flaws and we just have a laugh at it because nobody's perfect, especially addicts. <laughs> and we just, have a, we just have a great time with it, you know? How does it feel to be out on the day like today in this fantastic scenery? You can't see it, I'm so good for you guys. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, lovely, yeah, surrounded by lovely snowy mountains. Snowy, rocky mountains. There's a beautiful lake, we're on a pebble beach. You know, there's a clear sky, the sun's shining. <laughs> oh, there's an ice cream truck over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in our vests, you know, it's boiling hot. <laughs> oh, I need to get some cream on. Yeah. No, but it really is fantastic to draw a sober breath through this fresh, clear air and just being able to take it all in without, you know, having to worry about anything, really. You can really just let yourself go in places like this. It's really nice and serene. It is. So is there anything on the horizon for you now? Just a couple of things. I'm still taking it a day at a time at the moment but in terms of recovery. But there's a couple of things. Um, I'm in the process of saving up money to get a car because I did lose my licence because of drink driving, but I've got it back. And looking potentially to be working, um, doing solar panels when the weather picks up, yeah. So that's something a little bit on the horizon for me. And then further on in the year, I'm going to start training to be an electrician. So, oh, well, that's great. They make great money. I know. Yeah, they do. Based in Wrexham, can you come sort out my Absolutely, gas? Oh, Absolutely, mate. My, my, my light switch in my bathroom is actually just broken. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll come keep and it, see me in yeah, September. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it broken just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, no, that's great, though. That, that's really yeah, yeah. great. I, um, thank you for that. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Any last things that you want to say before we stop this? Come down, Biff. What does that mean? Wales forever. Yeah, Wales forever. <laughs> if you've been affected by any of the topics in this episode, please reach out to a trusted contact or seek a professional for support. So I hope you enjoyed listening to those conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. It was so eye-opening to talk to other people and see how their recovery is just so different and fits them. It really isn't a one-shoe-fits-all. Everyone's recovery is just vastly different in how they operate and just how it really affects them individually and how people can come back from relapses. You know, I hope you learned a lot there. There's, it's just absolutely mind-boggling how someone can go through such things and still come back. And then even every little trip or falter, and they can always come back. If you want to hear more from our trips to Paris Mountain and Commidwell, then join us next time when Eternal Zone Ben and Caitlin speak to even more members of North Wales recovery communities. Hope you have a good day. See you next time.